Well, please bow your heads with me in a word of prayer. Stir up our hearts, Lord God, to prepare the way of your only Son. By his coming, strengthen us to serve you with purified lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, I have to say that it is just a little bit odd that our readings begin this week um, with the words comfort. Oh, comfort my people. And then after that line, they go on to talk about wilderness and desert, and they finish with a strange man dressed in camel's hair, eating locusts and wild honey, and calling people to repent and to follow the one who will baptize them with the Holy Spirit or with fire. You know, what could be more comforting than that, right? Huh. But all kidding aside, the message of these lessons today could not be more true or more appropriate for us than right now. We have all been living in a wilderness time. And by most, if not all accounts, we've been living in this wilderness time uh, longer than any of us are really comfortable with. What's even less comfortable is that after all this time, we still can't see clearly the path out of the wilderness. So what are we to do in this wilderness space? Well, one place I find comfort in this wilderness life is knowing that in the Bible, wilderness has a very important place. Wilderness is not only a lonely and isolated and dangerous place, though it is that at times in the Bible and for us as well. Think about Jesus after his baptism is driven out into the wilderness where what? Where he will be tempted by Satan. Of course, the most famous passage in the Bible about wilderness and where my mind always goes is uh, the Israelites after the Exodus, wandering in the wilderness, where, where they spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness, preparing themselves, led by a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night, um, and preparing themselves to be ready to enter the promised land. Well, that process, uh, uh, took the, that process took 40 years. The, the lesson that we have today from Isaiah that starts with those words of comfort, oh, comfort my people, and then calls our attention to a voice calling out in the wilderness. Well, that lesson, uh, that prophecy from Isaiah was also given to a people living in a wilderness. Not a, not a literal wilderness, but a, an, an emotional wilderness, a uh, figurative wilderness. And that wilderness was exile. To a people living in exile in, in Babylon, Isaiah speaks these words. 
as they are cut off from the comforts of their home, from the, from the security of the temple and a kingdom that they can call their own, Isaiah begins that section, this word to them, by calling for comfort and claiming an interesting thing. He says, comfort, O oh, comfort my people, for they have paid for their sins. The implication, of course, is that this wilderness time that they're in is punishment. However, the, the response of God is, is very different. The response that comes after that appeal, comfort, oh comfort my people, for they have served their time, they have paid double for their sins, and then the very next words are, listen, a voice calls out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. So what God says is that there is promise that it is in this wilderness place that they will hear God clearly and make straight the path to him. If I might uh, clarify that just a bit, the wilderness is less about punishment and more about refinement. It's the place where God finally gets their attention. The place where God gets our attention. Enough that we stop taking all of these detours and start walking towards him. In my life, um, I've always connected wilderness in the scriptures with adversity in my life. Adversity uh, is different than punishment because adversity doesn't necessarily happen because I've done something wrong or because we've done something wrong. Adversity just comes to us because it, it, it's part of life. But whenever I face adversity, for whatever reason, I'm called to focus my response to adversity is to, is to focus more, more narrowly, more, uh, more carefully on what I am actually here to do and to accomplish, to get back to fundamentals, to spend less time and energy trying to be perfect and more trying to be effective. Boy, I will tell you, this time of wilderness for us has clarified that message in my own life time after time after time again. There is not a perfect solution for any of us. We are called not to figure out uh, what is absolutely right but to, but to focus, to get back to fundamentals of how do we stay connected? How do we create community? How do we draw people to, to uh, the message of hope that we have in Jesus Christ, even in our wilderness time? How do we do that? Not perfectly, 
But how do we become more effective in doing that? The Scripture at this point drives us beyond uh, when we start to think about how to be more effective in this, in this call. It drives us to the concept of repentance. You know, and, and I think that that, that switch from, from being perfect to being effective is also important in my life of repentance. See, we don't have to use repentance as an excuse to beat ourselves up for every little thing we have gotten, we have done that wasn't perfect. We don't have to make sure that our repentance covers every little thing we've done wrong. As if the point is to root out all of our shortcomings so that we finally will get it right. How's that worked in your life? All it's done in mine is, 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 tried, is put me in a place where repentance just feels like beating my head against the wall again. Rather, repentance calls me to recognize that my hope lies not in my success or lack of failure. But my hope lies in the one who meets me where I am and calls me to follow where he leads, even with my shortcomings. The path is made more direct when I see that it begins and it ends with Jesus. I don't have to find my way to him. And you don't either. God has cleared the path to me, to you, and to us all. My highest achievements, my deepest failings, they're all a part of God's unwavering journey to a kingdom that God is building, not me. A life that God is creating. This is the Lord that we meet in Jesus. And though we, like John, are unworthy to even stoop down and untie his sandal, it doesn't stop Jesus from coming to us. From making us his own. Dear friends, comfort, oh, comfort my people. For the Lord is with you in the wilderness, in your day, in your shortcomings, in your success. In your failings, comfort, oh comfort my people, for a voice calls to you today to listen, to stop getting distracted by all of the things that we think are so important and to, hold, to make straight the path to the one thing that matters.
God has made that path straight in Jesus. And it leads to the cross and to new life, even in the wilderness. Comfort, oh comfort, my people. The Lord is with you. Amen.